1: delighted to welcome back our next guest He was first elected to the Dáil as a TD for Meath in 1969 and then served as a minister in a number of portfolios and was Taoiseach in 1994. More recently he served as ambassador of the European Union to the United States from 2004 to 2009 so it's fair to say he has a lot of experience of international politics and indeed how Ireland and the EU are regarded across the world He's recently commented on the upcoming abortion referendum. I mean a lot of the discussion surrounding this issue seems to on the negative uh, aspects of the Eighth Amendment, but what about the positive ones? Well, our next guest has some thoughts on that. It's great to have with me on the line, John Bruton. Good morning, John. How are you?
0: How are you? Well, Very first good. of
1: all, John, you were back in government in 1983. I believe you were Minister for Industry and Energy at that time. Yes. Um, now, obviously, that's the, the year that this amendment was institu- introduced into the Constitution. Can you remember much about that time and, and what the kind of feeling in, in Fianna Gael was around the amendment?
0: Yes, I do. I remember very strongly that the opinion in the doll as a whole and in the Fine Gael Party in particular was that we should not have our abortion law, which banned abortion, uh, changed by stealth, as had happened in the United States, where a Supreme Court interpretation of right to privacy, which is a very different issue, was used to authorize the taking of the human life of an unborn child in the united states in the famous roe v wade uh, case now that led to um, an opinion being formed uh, here in ireland that our constitution should explicitly prohibit any change in the legislation by stealth and that there should be inserted in our Constitution an explicit protection of the right to life of the unborn child. Uh, Gareth Fitzgerald, who was leader of the Fine Gael Party at the time, and Taoiseach, uh, uh, said that, and I quote, all life, whether of citizens or people of other nationalities, whether born or unborn, should be protected by our Constitution.
1: Well, our current teacher, John, is obviously saying something very different. And much of the discussion has been centred around um, commentators talking about what's wrong with the Eighth Amendment. But there hasn't been a lot of discussion about the benefits of the Eighth Amendment. What are your thoughts?
0: Well, I think it's very important that we show, that we recognise, first of all, that a child before it is born is a human, uh, just as it is a human being after it is born and that human beings and human life deserve to be protected. And that while people who are adults uh, and have a vote can speak for themselves, uh, children uh, and unborn uh, children in particular cannot speak for themselves, cannot uh, go to court on their own behalf, and that therefore there is an obligation on society as a whole through its laws and its constitution to protect uh, the life of those who cannot speak up for themselves.
1: In terms of just the current discussion that's been happening uh, and the debates that have been had so far, a lot of the TGs have been saying, and certainly on the opening day of the debate on the referendum, they said that the Eighth Amendment risked the lives of women. What do you feel about those particular comments? Well,
0: we've had this this amendment in place for a very long time and there's been very little concrete uh, evidence of that being the case. There were a lot of doubts expressed at the time about the uncertainty of the warding, and very dire predictions were made about it by those who opposed the making of the Eighth Amendment at the time. But these fears have proven to be unfounded. Cases like the Halapanavra case are being brought up where this has nothing whatever to do with the Eighth Amendment, but rather to do with their misdiagnosis, which should not have occurred.
1: In terms of another argument, John, that is is put forward on this issue is that women are travelling to Britain each year for abortions and that we're letting these women down that have to leave Irish shores for abortion.
0: Well, I think no law is perfect. And uh, obviously the laws in Britain are different from the laws in Ireland on a lot of matters. And if people want to avail of what British law permits, they can travel to Britain. I'm aware of a case of somebody who had difficulty at the time with Irish bankruptcy laws, and he went to spend some time in the United Kingdom so he could avail of the British bankruptcy laws. That's part of life that people can, where there are different legislations in different states, they can move from one state to the other to avail of whatever is existing in the other states. And that's true even within the United States, where they have different laws in different states of the U.S. Union. Um it's not a ground for changing our law. We are entitled as an independent country to have our own laws reflecting our own uh, values, our own sense of what's important to be protected. And I would make the point that if you don't protect the right to life, there's no point talking about other rights. You know, the right to bodily integrity, the right to own property, the right not to be imprisoned. Well, you can't exercise any of those rights if you haven't been allowed to be born and to see the light of day in the first place.
1: John, are you surprised that it, it seems so far, well, certainly, of course, in the um, Oireachtas Committee looking at this issue, that the majority of TDs seem to be in favour of uh, some change to the law in terms of the Eighth Amendment? Well,
0: I, I read uh, the Citizens' Assembly report and also the report of the Iraqus Committee, and it seems to me that the terms of reference uh, as interpreted by both of these was extremely narrow. They looked at advocates and uh, of change and different suggestions for change. But they didn't look at the fundamental issue, which is what is the experience of an unborn child? What are they able to feel? What are they able to do? How are they developing intellectually and developing in every other way before birth? And without looking at it from that perspective, from the perspective of the person whose life is to be ended uh, without them ever being allowed to be born. Without looking at it from that perspective, I don't think you can really make a balanced judgment. And I don't feel that the the, the legislators or the Citizens' Assembly looked at the matter adequately from that perspective at all. They simply felt that they had an agenda before them to produce some change, and they came up with a change which, to my mind, is you know far worse than most people could have even anticipated it would be
1: mm, during the discussions in 2013 John O'Finnigan of lost some very talented people on this particular issue including one minister did it need to come to that
0: no but i mean that was a much, that, in fairness that was legislation was much more modest uh, but a number of tds uh, took a very strong and principled stand on that issue and they were expelled from the party at the time which was completely unfair uh, and wrong uh, given that this is a genuine genuine issue of conscience uh i I think that it is good that there is a free vote on this occasion and that that is not going to be the sanction that would be applied for people who stand up for the right to life of uh, children before birth
1: what do you think will happen john if the eighth amendment is removed from the constitution
0: I think we will have a very liberal abortion law. We will have, um, which we don't have in Britain, by the way, that up to 12 weeks, without any ground at all being cited, the life of the unborn child can be terminated. In Britain, there has to be a, a health ground or a mental health ground cited for that to happen. So we're going to have a more liberal law. And also, right up to birth, uh, if there is a, a substantial health ground, There can be abortion, late term abortion, which is, I mean, it's a horrifying thought.
1: John, obviously with your wealth of experience and the work that you've done working with so many different countries, a lot of people kind of say, um, you know, Ireland is viewed so negatively because of our abortion laws, especially countries who have liberal laws on abortion. Um, How are we really regarded by our neighbours? Well,
0: I I think there is a a trend uh, of a particular form of feminism uh, which advocates abortion, but it is important to make the point and remind people that half of the unborn children who will be aborted, and a lot more will be aborted if the Eighth Amendment is removed than will be if it remains, half of them are girls, little girls, who never have the opportunity to grow up to be women. Uh, And that's a feminist issue in my view, and um, I think it is not being taken seriously in some other countries who, without thinking very deeply about the development of a child before it is born, without really looking into the humanity of that child before it is born, look at the matter solely as an issue of women's rights, which it isn't. Uh, There are two lives involved, uh, one of which is a woman, and half of the other lives are girls.
1: Well, John, it's been great to just hear your thoughts on the Eighth Amendment this morning. Thank you so much for joining us on the program.
0: Thanks for listening to our Spirit Radio podcast. Don't miss out. Subscribe today. Find out how at spiritradio.ie.